Hey, this week's guest on Tales from a Gemini is Jacoby Smith. He's actually a hometown hero. He's from my hometown of Muskogee, Oklahoma. He has wrestled for OSU. We wrestled at the same junior college, and now he's going on to MMA fame. This, is, this one was a, a, a fun one for me because we grew up in the same hometown, so we know the same people, and I just I love this episode. I hope you will, too, and you'll get an insight on what it was like to grow up in my hometown. So enjoy this. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited for this one, Wyatt. Come on, Wyatt. <laughs> one, two, three. Yeah. Hey, it's BT with Tales from a Gemini in this episode, man. I can't wait to get to it. As you guys know, there's about a couple, there's about, there's passions in my life, but the passions that have always stayed constant in my life are motorcycles, music, especially heavy metal, and wrestling. Wrestling to me is the greatest sport there is, okay? And I saw this guy, I'm watching, I got a chance to watch some wrestling, and I'm watching OSU wrestle somebody, and toward the upper weights, I'm like, who is this fucking beast? This black dude, he was built like a brick shit house. I'm like, who is this dude? His name is Jacoby Smith. I thought, this guy's, this guy's man. This guy's a monster. Somehow, I don't know how, but I think it's my dad. My dad knows everything. He goes, yeah, that boy's from Muskogee. I go, what? He said, I said, Muskogee. I said, no. And, and after that, I was the biggest fan in the world. Me and this guy went to the same high school, had the same high school wrestling coach. And we went to the same junior college. And when, when then, then he made a mistake, went to OSU. I went to OU. But still, he's, he's made all the right moves in his life. And now I got him on the podcast. This is two Muskogee Ruffers talking to each other. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll introduce you to now uh, NCAA All-American, a two-time junior college All-American, and he's soon to be an MMA world champion. Please welcome Mr. Jacoby Smith. What's up, Jacoby? Oh, baby. <laughs> Man, it is Love so it. good to see you, brother. I mean good that. Where, 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 you at? where are you at right now? Where are you at? I'm currently in Oklahoma with my wife and son, uh, taking a month off of training. Where, where in Oklahoma? Where? Muskogee? Uh, Oklahoma City right now. Oh, you sell out. Yeah. Why don't you go to Muskogee, man? Go to see my daddy. Uh, I was there last week with family. My mom and them still there, so I'm always around. You, you know? know what? Everybody stays in Muskogee, but I'm the only one that left. I mean, people don't mm -hmm. venture too far from Muskogee, and it's so weird, man. They like, eh, they go to mm -hmm. Tulsa or Oklahoma City, and that's it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of like it. I was thinking about moving to California, but I'm like, man, uh, I miss my Oklahoma vibes, you know? Dude, I mean, honestly... Everybody from Muskogee, all we are is just country boys, man. Just good old yeah. country boys. We are. We like land. Give us some land. We're laid back. We're chill. We're the nicest mm -hmm. dudes in the world. But we'll still yeah. we'll still take your lunch money and your bicycle. I mean, we'll bring it back, but we'll, we'll do that. <laughs> Every time. Nah, <laughs> you tear away from that a little bit and uh, pick up golf, you know? <laughs> I saw you golfing the other day. I was like, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> I, I uh, I was pretty good at it, so I kind of picked up the hobby, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so what, you know, let's go back in time, man. I I watched your story the other night and the other day. I was, you know, trying to get some background info on you, and you had an unconventional path because you did it all like we do in Muskogee. You did all the sports. You did cross country football, mm -hmm. and so and how did you do in cross country? How do you how did how that come about? So I want to say my either my freshman or sophomore year in high school, uh, our coaches made it a mandatory thing for all the wrestlers on the team. Uh, if you were in wrestling in in the off season, you know, mm -hmm. so put us in cross country and uh, 
me and my best friend, DeWaylen, at the time in high school, DeWaylen Barnes, uh, we used to skip a lot of the running. They used to run around the college right next door, Baycomb. Baycomb, baby. Oh, man. We had some, we put in some miles around Baycomb, but uh, yeah, it definitely helped. It was a, it started off as a joke and then uh, we started taking it pretty serious. And then uh, I want to say my last cross country tournament was the only one I placed in, but I got top 10 and it felt good about it, you know? Let me tell you something, man. When I was there and we had the same wrestling coach, so I feel bad for anybody watching this podcast who didn't grow up with us because it's like inside stuff here. But our, but our wrestling coach made sure we were in such great shape that my sophomore year, he put us in a cross country meet and we fit, and then the wrestlers finished better than a cross country team. I remember that. Oh. The whole team, we finished better than a cross country team. That's how great of a shape we was. That's nuts. Man, let me tell you something. Coach, I mean, you probably got a coach. A coach our, we had the same coach. Our coach Jefferson, you probably got the, the kind of mellowed out Coach Jefferson. The one we got, we were the one. And you, and you tell me if, if it changed. When we wrestled on a Monday, this is the way it was on a Monday. On a Monday, we would wrestle six six-minute matches. And then we climbed the rope, walked the wall on our hands. We did 25 push-ups, 25 sit-ups, and we do that for four reps. We do that for four circuits. And after that, we did four sets of 25 for overhand pull-ups, three sets 25 for underhand. And then if you weren't lifting, you ran five miles around the top of the basketball court with, uh, with, with ankle weights on your wrist. And if you lifted, you did three miles after you lifted with ankle weights on your wrist. Did you guys do the same thing? We did a lot of it, but the ankle, the weights uh-huh. on your hand yeah. didn't do. He made us carry a 45-pound weight, the – Dumbbell you put on to squat. Yeah. We used to carry one of those and run two miles after practice. Yeah. <laughs> Don't let you get in no trouble or be in trouble with Grace because, oh, man, you would be running up to five laps around the, the track. So, what, that's uh, four laps is a mile, I believe. Yeah. Uh, a, a mile and a quarter, you know? So. And now, the greatest thing about it is, and I was watching this interview, and honestly, it rang a bell with me. Because, and this is no disrespect to my dad, and I think, and I don't want, I'm not trying to disrespect you, but I think you had some, I don't say problems at home, but something at home was going on. I don't know what it was, but I'll say this. Around ninth grade, when I going into sophomore, I knew Coach Jefferson was tough. But for those three years, I'm going to say Coach Jefferson was probably the most influential male role model in my life because me and my dad weren't getting along and that was my fault. It was all me. I'm a teenager, whatever, thinking I knew every damn thing like my mom said. But Coach Jefferson was the most instrumental male in my life for those three years, my high school wrestling coach. And I remember he said something that, that you said is that what rang true and I, and I didn't know how to win and I didn't, knew, I didn't know a lot of stuff, but I remember him saying you got to do something extra all the time. Do something a little extra and that's going to elevate you more than your average person. And I'm one of the people that listen to coach. And because of that, I went to state and got second. And I saw an interview with you and you said, do it a little extra, whether it's just a little bit extra, a minute here, a minute there. And that adds up. And, and did you get yeah. that from coach? Did you get that from coach? Absolutely. Uh, he installed it in me. I, I would, uh, so when I was younger, I used to skip school and stuff too. And uh, some days my parents wouldn't even know, like, and he would fit, find out, I wasn't at wrestling practice and then he'd go let my parents know, you know? So then they got, got a system down to where they had corners on me and got, kept me out of trouble pretty much. But uh, he definitely was one of the main reasons for 
my success in wrestling. He gave me gave me a key, you know. Now, now why, why were you skipping school? Like, what were you doing? Just stupid shit? And where would you go? It was Muskogee. Where did you go? Sonic? Just running. Yeah, I actually, yeah. One day I got into a fight in the Sonic parking lot. <laughs> What'd you, what happened? How'd you get in a fight in the Sonic parking lot? What happened? It was, not it was nuts. So we were just bad kids and uh, we were getting our food and it was a hot head behind us, like revving his engine and honking the horn, like, hurry up, yelling at us. And I'm in the back seat. I turn around and he like put his hands up and I get out the car like, what's up? Like, what's the problem? Like, we waiting for our food just like you. And he he was like on some other stuff. Like, you could tell he wasn't all the way there. He must have yeah. been on some, some Zannies or something, but he <laughs> reaching for something in his car. Yeah. So I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I'm like, I'm about to get shot. Yeah. So I like, I better either run and get away or get close enough to where I won't, he can't get me. So I just took off running toward the car and like pushed the car door. I slammed it on him as he was reaching for whatever he was trying to grab. Then I like grabbed him and put his hands behind his back and waited for a security guard to come. But it, it was pretty crazy. It was a crazy That's throw. It was at 11 o'clock. I was supposed to be at school. And the only reason why I got in trouble was because the, the when the cops got there, they asked for my ID and I was supposed to be at school. Oh. So, <laughs> so that dude actually that, that was actually the best thing for you should have hit and run <laughs> see that was the best thing for you it's a good thing you ran across that dude and he was an asshole because if you didn't you'd still be doing stupid shit so actually that dude was the best I, thing for you the reason for everything you know <laughs> but that's Muskogee for you a fight in a sonic parking lot and I just said that as a joke and he goes nah that's what that's what happened. yeah actually Sonic is where I had my first job growing up really so yeah what'd you do what'd you do what'd you do uh I was a car hop I had the skates 10th grade mm-hmm you know I had my my uh my weekly old ladies would come through and tip me a hundred bucks every week you know are you it was serious yeah oh yeah I had a, uh, I worked at Sonic for, I want to say four months, my sophomore year in high school. <laughs> yeah. You skated. You were rolling skate. Was, was, uh, was Stardust still there? Was Stardust Skate Arena still there? I, I think it was. Absolutely. Did you ever I think skate? it was. Did you ever go skating? Yeah, we used to skate a lot. That was the spot we used to go growing up. <laughs> oh my God. Hey, what, what year did your mama graduate? What, day, what year did your mama graduate? I want to say, I'm not sure. She was born in 75, so. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm still older than your mom. Okay. 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 Yeah. I, don't, I couldn't, I can't remember the year she graduated. Okay. So. I was going to say, well, shit, maybe she graduated with me. I mean, you never know. I was like, oh my God. You know, uh, you never know. Yeah, she had 20, so. Okay. Okay. Uh, I couldn't say. I, I wouldn't know the year exactly. Did you go, did you, did you play like uh, a peewee football? I actually couldn't get into sports until I was in middle school because I had bad bronchitis, asthma, and uh, my doctor didn't release me until uh, middle school. And then I got into sports in seventh grade, started wrestling. And of all the sports you did, uh, did you did you always gravitate toward wrestling, or, did it be, or was it something that eventually became a passion? So I just wanted to be in a in a violent sport growing up because like when we played football, I would always crack, crack the opponent or, you know, right. hit somebody or hit stick them, you know, yeah. I just want to 
in something physical. And when I was in middle school signing up to get in sports, I was like, I see football, I see wrestling. Ooh, I'm going to try, you know, right. all the cool sports. And then uh, as I started doing everything and everything started unfolding, uh, I didn't even know my dad wrestled, but he ended up telling me he was a wrestler and stuff after I, I got into it all on my own. So, but my first dream was to be a professional football player. Really? What, what position? What position? Running back for sure. Ah. Running. <laughs> Either running back or wide receiver. I have huge hands. So I'll say running back, but I'll probably be a nice receiver. You know? <laughs> who was your, uh, your idol running back wise? Who was your idol? Uh, Adrian Peterson and LaDainian Thompson. Yes, 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 Two yes. Favorites. Okay. Yes, sir. Now, did your dad wrestle at Muskogee? My dad. I didn't hear you. Did your dad? Did your dad wrestle at Muskogee? No, he was from Tulsa, the Tulsa area. But uh, he he met my mom in Muskogee, and that's why. And my mom stayed there when they met and stuff. So that's why we grew up in. I grew up in Muskogee. Now, what, what, but, high school, what high school did your dad wrestle at? What high school did your dad wrestle at? I don't think he wrestled for. I, a high school it was like the the uh summer you know team oklahoma goes to fargo and stuff and yeah yeah. That, yeah or like the opens he entered enter the u.s opens and stuff he went and got second at the u.s open he beat uh my Co coach smith's brother at the one of the u.s opens back in the day in the semifinals Ooh. uh wow okay okay he was a beast he won nationals his first year ever wrestling he uh won nationals at fargo and i did, i never won it so i mean that goes to tell you something yeah but that genetics has to be there like when did it when did it finally hit for you with wrestling okay this is this is the path right here uh, i hit pretty early like i was pretty good from the jump uh it just started clicking though really and i knew i wanted to do this more than anything in about 11th grade uh, I started beating people I shouldn't be beating. Uh, they were moving in like number one recruit wrestling recruits in the country. Mm -hmm. And I was beating with them, beating them. And it just, I just, it was like a match made in heaven, you know, <laughs> yeah. let some steam off, you know, yeah, get man. work done. What, so now what weight class did you wrestle in high school? Like what weight did you finish up at? What weight did you finish up? I graduated my senior year. I wrestled 160 at state. And how'd you do? How'd you do? Uh, champ, you know, uh, I went on, uh, no, actually I lost, I had one, uh, I don't know if you know Chandler Rogers. He wrestled with me at Oklahoma state. Oh, uh, is that the dude that throws people? Is that the yeah. dude? Yes. Mm -hmm. That dude, so man. He, yeah. He, he moved in to Oklahoma from Washington my senior year. So he spent his senior year in Oklahoma. And okay. I would bump up from 160 to go up at 170 to wrestle him. And I lost one match to him my senior year. That was my only loss my senior year. So oh, not in you won state. Who'd you who'd you beat in who'd you beat in the finals? Who'd you beat in the finals? Uh it was actually a kid from Arizona. He ended up signing to OU and then dropped out. But I can't remember his name. His dad was a pretty good wrestler too. I'm, he might have been a national champ from OU. Okay. So I can't recall his name though. God. 
now when you finished up, when you finished up at Muskogee, whatever, like what was the goal after? What was the mindset? Did you want? Did you want to continue wrestling? Did you want to go four year? Because I know you went to junior college. Like, what was the mind process? The mindset after that? Well, the mindset right after high school was to get right into Oklahoma State, of course. And uh, why not OU though? Why not OU? I mean, come on, man. I was this close to going to OU. And what like, happened? So this is the story. I get a call from John Smith, right? Right. I tell he, he he's asking me, you got any recruiting trips and stuff like that? I'm like, yeah, I'm going, I'm actually on my way to OU right now. And he was like, uh, you, you need to turn around. You need to go home. Like, don't go. And I was like, well, I'm already with one of my buddies and we're both, we're both already going. Like I'm going. And he was like, well, don't go to any more. Go to this one and then don't go to any more. If you go to any more after this one, uh, I'm take the scholarship I offered you. I was like, all right, coach, I'm going to go check them out, and then I ain't going nowhere else, I promise. So we are up there checking it out and stuff, and OU is like, we'll give you a full scholarship. We'll, we'll you know, we'll take care of you. We'll get, get you this, get you that. Like, pretty much doubling up on what Oklahoma State had for me, and something in me told me was like, you started a career in wrestling and you told yourself you were going to go to Oklahoma state. I told myself that my sophomore year and I just something about my word. I wanted to keep it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't care how tough it was at which school, which I felt like Oklahoma state was a little tougher and harder. So I chose the tougher path and the path that I told myself before I knew anything about wrestling, college wrestling, at least, you know? Right. Oh my God. So, that's beautiful. Beautiful. It was Oklahoma State, and and then it all fell into place from there. But you you end up going to junior, junior college. How that happen? How that happen? So I will. I I had to make, I believe, an eighteen on my uh, the ACT to get in to clear to pass the clearinghouse to go to, to qualify, uh -huh. and I got it. And then Coach Smith made a deal with me because. I told him I couldn't afford any college, right? And then when I got the qualifications to go right out of high school, they offered me a 50% scholarship, I want to say. Mm -hmm. And I, I wasn't, I mean, I was going to college on my own. Like my parents weren't helping me out with anything. I was just trying it out on my own. And uh, I knew I couldn't, I, if I didn't have full help that I needed, uh, I wasn't going to be able to go there. So he told me if I went to uh NEO for a year, got the grades, and won a title that he would give me a full ride the next year. And I did everything, got the grades, won the title. But after the second semester, I went home because uh, I didn't know if I wanted to still go to college. Was it? And then over summer, I, uh, it just wasn't at NEO. I just something didn't click like. The, the town seemed a lot racist. It, it was just, I, I felt, I felt enclosed. I felt oppressed in a way. It just, yeah. then I sucked it up and went, uh, had to go another year and made a deal with Coach Smith to go another year, get the grades and win another title, won another title. And then he gave me a full ride to come to Oklahoma State. See, I and know I know. In the, you know, so yeah, I mean, when you say that, I know all because I I went there, so I know what you're saying. And the thing about yeah. it is, wrestling was my whole life. Going up to to, to going to junior college, wrestling was my whole life, man. It really was. 
And what's sad was mm -hmm. the first day I set foot on campus, I just go, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. And and it, it was like breaking up with a girlfriend, man. I was like, oh man. And I I I, well, I why, why? So what now? Why was that? Man, I, I don't know. I think I mean maybe it was because I just wanted to get out of Muskogee. And may or maybe it was, but it was like everything was wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. I mean, I tell people I'm the biggest dork in the world. All I did was like I wrestle and I would cut. This isn't when we actually had newspapers. I don't know if you still have newspapers now, but I would actually cut out of the Tulsa world about you know who my mm. opponent was next. It's for the internet now, so we went old school. I would cut the yeah. results of, of of who I had, you know, like maybe the next week. I looked and said, okay, this person beat this person. Now I wrestled him and I beat him, so I should be able to mm. beat this guy. And I would study all that. And I was ready to go to college, man, and wrestle in JUCO, and I had it all planned out. And the first minute I stepped on that campus, I go, man, I don't think I want to do this anymore. And it and it, yeah. it it hurt my heart, bro, because people don't understand, man. It was that was my life, and just knowing I didn't want to do it, it was like a slow breakup with a girlfriend, man. That's what it yeah, was. Yeah, you know. Yeah, for sure. I kind of had that feeling after I graduated, and. It was over, you know, college and everything. Yeah. It like real, like, is it really over? Like, God. Right. Now, how did you keep your passion though? How did you keep your because sometimes when you go away from some place, and I was a shelter dude. I was one of those guys that had to be home at, at midnight, and I was home at midnight. I never snuck out. I was a good dude. Yeah. So when I got away, I didn't say I get wild, but I was like, all right, I'm away from home. So how did you keep that passion of wrestling and keep the blinders on? Like, is it still what I want to do? Uh, I think just, just how I grew up, it was just so hard and, mm -hmm. and like at home, like I was the only boy. So my mom had three girls and I was the only boy. So like, I couldn't really rough house like I wanted to with them. Yeah. And I did like, you don't hit girls. You're getting a whooping, go in your room for the rest of the day. And like that kind of stuff bothered me like to, to the core. Yeah. Like, cause I, I needed to get that energy out, you know, right. and I could, right. Sports, I wasn't in nothing. Like I needed to figure a way to get that energy off. And my sisters were hella tough, but if one thing went wrong and they started crying, I was getting beat a beat down, you know. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I had to think, I had to think about that, you know, mm -hmm. and not getting to do it as much as I wanted to made me think like when I did get to do it, like I want to do it again. Like just it just it was a rush. Like I don't know something about it, you know, right. and like I, it was also other things I could do, like kicking it with friends or running around, you know, right. but like that was cool to a point where I get I start thinking like what what am I doing like this ain't nothing I, I don't like doing this stuff when I'm alone like I want to go burn some energy, you know, and, like it's something about burning energy. It, it just gets the rest of my day going, you know, so yeah, man. yeah. I, off alone and then get a workout in and then click click back up later with my homies and then they already got into the trouble and stuff so now we on to the next thing and then when they come getting getting their consequences dealt dealt out i'm just sitting there getting left you know they're getting picked up you know and then i'm back alone now what am i do i'm gonna work out again you know right okay it's just something about it and i did not want to see myself in jail or anything like that it, it just that that was always a big thing for me not not being uh not making it out i just needed
Yeah, because Muskogee can be a rough place. I mean, it's like like yeah. any place, like any place can. Any place can be a wrong place if you if you roll with the wrong crowd or you just you know you get caught up. So luckily you had wrestling, but so you were two time. <laughs> A two-time JUCO champion, right? Okay, so like you're feeling yourself. So you go to OSU. What was your first oh shit moment when you went to D1? Like when did you go? Holy shit! I'm in D1 now. This is this is different time of wrestling. Like when did that hit you? It was actually my red shirt year, so it hit me. Like I was in there training with all those D1 Oklahoma State guys and having success, you know, mm-hmm. and and not having success with the the better ones, you know, like mm-hmm. going through the building. But then uh, I went to an open with the team, the actual team, my red shirt year and wrestled in the tournament and wrestled a couple of All-Americans at All-American that year. And like every match was like tough. Like I'm used to getting out there, pinning them, you know, mm-hmm. pinning them, making in my eyes, you might have a tough match. Maybe you pin them, but finals match, it'll be one, you'll have one tough match, you know? Right. Then you want every single match is like, you need every ounce of grit you got to go get it. And and in between those matches, ain't, it ain't no walking around the tournament. You need to go recover, lay down, get off your feet, let your body recover, actually recover because you got this much time before you got to get out there again. And, my body wasn't recovering quick as it needed to. So I had to come up with a system to figure that out. Like, because I wasn't, my body wasn't used to the high level matches and the the quantity and the quality of the high level matches. And what was the system? What was the system you finally figured out? So after every match I get off, I get three sprints in to burn my lungs a little bit more. Then I go get off my feet for at least 30 minutes. And if my match comes before that 30 minutes, then I make sure I tell them that I need my 30 minutes that you're supposed to have Mm -hmm. for your in-between periods. And then I make sure I get a good shakeout in between every match and a rub down from my coaches. And then I wrestle. And if I didn't do that, then my body would like ache or my muscles would be, they would wear down quicker and I would feel it throughout the tournament. And I just needed ways to keep my endurance up in those later matches throughout the day, you know? Yeah. So that's the difference between D1 and JUCO was uh, every match is going to be a dogfight, even, you know, even the ones you're guaranteed to win. Now, so, who, who did you hate facing? And and Kyle, like who who did you go? Oh, here we go with this shit again. Like like DMX, here we go with this shit again. Like who did you like? Just go. I hate wrestling these dudes because they're gonna do something dirty or they're or you know it's just gonna be an all out. It's gonna be the dog fight of all the dog fights. Who did you just hate going against? Uh, I wanna. If I had to pick somebody, I would have to say either Alex Derringer or Tyler Caldwell just because they were in the wrestling room and after a push, a match, like in there, you got a whole nother hour of just training and gritting, you know? Mm-hmm. But when it comes to like matches, like tough matches, like live, like yeah. wise, like I never shy away from that. Like I always want it. I just want to make sure my body got the energy to go, you know, right, right, which, right. Is, which was my only, my biggest, 
deal. Like mm-hmm. I would go in at a tournament and I didn't cut much weight, so I wouldn't eat. Like, and then my body would be getting tired and I'm like, what, what's wrong? And then the coaches started asking me questions and then we got down to it. Uh, you got to eat no matter how hungry you you are or not. Like you need that, your muscles are going to be needing that because of the output of the work output that I'm doing. And I had to learn all that process and stuff. And once I got it down a little bit, you know, it it kind of started feeling good. kind of felt at home and I'm going to stay a little bit. And what team did you guys hate? Or just you? What team did you just hate? Like, I hate these dudes. I mean, like, there was just a visceral, just, oh, I can't stand these dudes. So I, I would want to say Iowa and Penn State. <laughs> well, I, I thought it was going to be Iowa. I, one, go- <laughs> I don't know which one out of them, too, because uh, I don't think I've been a, a part of a team to beat Penn State. Uh-huh. which makes me hate them a little more. Yeah. But Iowa is m- much more of a rival. Like, it's like always a, a intense rival. But with, with Penn State, it's like we never beat them head up. Yeah. And it, it kind of bothers me, those two teams. Now, so. And what is it about Iowa, though, that, that gets you go- – what, what, what's about Iowa that makes you guys just a little – like, every time I see you guys, it's always that, that – that intensity turned up, and it's always that looks like it could be a fight between something. And I remember when Pinachini, when uh, uh, uh Penn, uh, Spencer Lee, oh, yeah. that was, oh my god, dude, that was I was at home going, I, oh, shit. Oh. I literally started crying. I, I was cry, I was watching it, I was standing outside the, the, the mat watching it. I was about to go upstairs and warm up because I yeah. didn't want to be around the crowd, yeah. And I see grab, grab his leg and slam him, and I'm looking at the clock like it's 10 seconds, yeah. I look over and the ref calls it and I just start tearing up, like shaking, like, and then I look at his daddy and his daddy crying and running to the stage. And I see Nick coming off the stage and meeting his daddy and they like meet and hug. And I'm just looking at him and his daddy and I'm like literally crying before my match. And then I run upstairs and start run, warming up to get ready for my match. I was like, oh my God, I, it, it just was so crazy to me. Like it made me so happy. I just remember I remember watching that and I just remember like I mean the same way I described I still get I still get I get goosebumps now because you know it's so electric that that atmosphere is just electric and it's like mm-hmm. when, when he turned him over I was like no and then when he when he called it and watched Spencer just take his headgear oh my god dude that was I love really- it that's one of the greatest moments ever. Like, how was it when you wrestled in the, I mean, e- either environment, but especially the home environment, how was it to have that whole stadium just rocking and on your side? Did that give you that extra little pump? Yeah, it's it's nothing like it. Like, uh, I've, I've had the luxury of knowing what it feels like at NCAAs in the, in the All-American round, having that crowd, and then having the crowd at home when you're about to duel. Yeah. And it's like that whole match dual atmosphere like it's different yeah you, you just know you got everybody on your back you know yeah. and it don't matter who across from you you ready for war it's yeah. it's in seeing all this orange and black you know it's it's so real it's like everything like dream come true pretty much you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah man yeah i definitely it's definitely a, a great memory of mine now was, was there one wrestler who just got your goat? Like there was, for some reason, you just couldn't, there was, there was something about the guy you was like, I can't figure this dude out. Everybody, I think everybody has that one wrestler that you go, what is it about this dude? He's not this, he's not that, but he seems to get me. 
Yes, his name was actually Jordan Cutler from Nebraska. And what was it about him? What was it about him? It just, his wrestling style mm -hmm. frustrated me so much that it made me make mistakes. Like, and every time I knew it before the match, and I, I would tell myself, like, not to worry about it or it's nothing or I will just let go, let loose, you know? And right. it, I get out there and it would happen again. I'd be winning like 8-2 or by one or two points and get in the third period and I'll try to throw him on his head and land on my back. And they, now, now I'm down by one. Or, and we wrestled four times and I believe every time I was up going into the third period and something happened crazy because I don't care about stalling and stuff. But his style was literally, I'm not, he didn't take one shot. He just stand there and just wait for you. And I, I, I'm like one of those wrestlers. I want to use the moves. I want to go. I don't care. And I would always, it, 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 it just was always one little slip up. And yeah. God, it hurt me to the core because I know he, he was never better than me, but it was always those little situations. And, and, that's, and, how it, that's, and that's how it is. At that level, it's always those little mistakes. And that's why, mm -hmm. and that's why in a way, you have to do the sport to understand that, like to to the I mean, when you want to get other people to come into wrestling, like the people who aren't wrestling fans, and you're trying to you know to get the outside people to come in, they yeah. don't like those matches. But me, I love to watch that that match where like you know that little mistake. Oh, I think one of the greatest examples of that was uh, I think it was um, the guy that transferred the heavyweight that transferred from from um, from Iowa to, to to Oklahoma State. He was wrestling the heavyweight. What's his name? From Minnesota. Uh, uh, I think his dad was in the mob. Uh, the blonde-haired dude. They did a documentary. I know. Talking about, I can't think of his name. He real mean. Makako? Ma, 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 I don't say Makako, but something, it, something like that. I know exactly who you're talking yeah. about. It's right on the tip of my tongue. Steve Mako. That's it. Steve Mako was, Steve he Ma was a fucking beast. He was a fuck. But I remember he was wrestling this dude from, from uh, I think it was Minnesota. It was in the finals. And man, it was one of those things where like, you could just tell the littlest mistake, and the dude did something, and he caught him with a foot sweep. And you literally see him. You see the uh, the, 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 the dude's head going, oh, shit, as he's going down. Like, God, like he knew he made the mistake. Yeah. And it's and it's matches like that I love. I mean, you re you replay that in your head every damn time, yeah. man. So, yeah. so I know, if you saw Cutler on the street, what would you say to him if you saw him on the street? I don't think I say nothing. I just be like, "What's up? Anything up? How you doing? What's up? What's popping?" Everybody, has that. Everybody has that dude that gets you, man. Yeah, we all do. We all do. Mm -hmm. You know, we all. Do, yeah, you know. I mean, no hard feelings or nothing. I mean, no, depending but, on the no, dude's personality, I. I play around, joke around with him, ask him to wrestle now, you know? Well, you know, but, but, that, but that's, that's the beauty of it. When, when you're in a sport like that, like especially a combat sport, you get beat, for the most part, 99% of the time, it's fair and square. And if they beat mm -hmm. you, they just beat you. I mean, so you Absolutely. can't do anything about it. You, you got to shake their hand and go, you got me, bro. You got me. I mean, you know, no matter what happened, you got me. And that's the beauty of it. And here is yeah. what, and this is what I think is so beautiful about wrestling, especially you. And Spencer Lee talked about it this year when we didn't know about it till the very end when he goes he had a uh, ACL injury 
And he goes, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, and he said, uh, 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 excuses are for wussies. And then I remember watching you in the NCAAs. I go, man, this guy's not. The, I was like, ah. And I, you know, when I was watching, I was like, he's missing something. Blah, blah. And then I found out that you were, you were wrestling with a torn meniscus and with a PCL. I tore everything in my knee my sophomore year at OSU. I tore it. Uh, everything except my ACL. Oh my so God. I only had an ACL. My knee would like just go everywhere. Oh. Like, and I got an MRI and everything. And the coaches and the trainers told me everything was good. Things like, if you're not like two weeks went by, I took two weeks off, was just rehabbing it. And they were like, if you ain't ready, we don't know. The MRI came back good. And then I went to nationals and stuff and all American and then, at the ceremony after all American, uh, Coach Smith was telling, he told the, like, as he told everybody, like at the banquet, uh, he was talking to everybody about their all their years. He told everybody, uh, he was like, uh, Jacoby doesn't even know this, but uh, he just wrestled on a, a t- his knee is completely blown out. He didn't know that. And I was just like, what the, f-? like, I didn't know. Like, wow. And I, I, uh, I decided not to get surgery because it would have been a nine-month recovery. Yeah. So I went my junior and senior year. I wrestled, I just wrestled my last year and then uh, didn't All-American, but uh, I didn't have no excuses, you know. I just didn't and uh, transferred over to MMA. Uh, but after I graduated, I got the surgery. Uh, Oklahoma State paid for it for me. And then... The day I got cleared to start training in MMA, I fall off a skateboard and break my wrist. So that's why I didn't skateboard, man. A couple months ago, or I fought October eighth of this year. Were you getting ready for the X Games? What were you doing? I don't know, man. It was literally after a long day of work. I was in the woods in my cowboy clothes. (laughs) Came home. It was a. It was my skateboard was in the driveway, and I, I live on a steep hill, and I just went down it. And I had my son and everything, and he started freaking out and pushing me while we was on it. And then I just fell and just bit it, broke my, broke my wrist. Oh my god, dude! Or, was it a longboard? Was it a longboard? Or yeah, we were going about 19 and 19 miles an hour. See, I, I I thought about getting a longboard, but not now. If you if yeah, you fall, I, I ain't got no hope. If I ever ride one of those again, I'll be getting paid to do it. <laughs> You bet bet not ride one. And now you're a professional, dude. So you bet not be right. If you do, me and you going to go at it. And I'm going to take take your skateboard away from you. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, man, before we get into the MMA, I I would be remiss not to ask, what's it like to have John Smith, one of the – and I mean this, he's got to be the top five wrestlers ever to do it, Russians included. What's it like mm-hmm. to have him as a coach? It's it's absolute it's absolute it's a blessing for sure. It's it's like uh, if I could go back and do it all over again, I'd do it all over again because I mean he, he's definitely been a part of who I am today, and I feel like I'm uh, more dangerous of a fighter just because of him. You know, mm-hmm. like the fighting game for me is going to change just because of what I know or what I was taught 
and the things I know from him. Like before wrestling, I, I was a great fighter. Like I could fight. Like if I could tell you anything, my passion is to fight. Like mm -hmm. I like football. I like wrestling around and stuff, but I like competing and fighting like for the piece of cake, you know, who going right. to win. Right. So, I mean, the, what, the things he taught me and what I have in store, the plan I got is I'm definitely blessed and grateful to have him as a coach. Like, okay, the mental game. What, what was it about the mental game that, he, that you felt you had an edge just by having coach in your corner? Like, what did he teach you mentally? That no one else cared. So you got to go get it. Like, if you don't care enough to go get it and you got all the tools and I'm giving you all the tools and sharpening you up to prepare for the war to get you over the hump, to change your life if you don't want to go get it or you're not capable of going to get it i can give you tools and a mindset to know that you're prepared and know that you're ready to ride out and go to war with anybody no matter the situation number one ranked guy or a not not ranked guy so it's something about the no matter the situation, whether you got a broken leg, broken hand, uh, torn knee, you know, you should still be able to do something, you know? Yeah. Okay, now what's, so, the, what's the difference between him? Because honestly, where you're talking, and, that, and that's, that's the mindset that Coach, Coach Jefferson instilled in me, because even yeah. to this day, and I, I lie to you not, even to this day, when I walk into the gym and I'm working out, I I hear Coach Jefferson in my head, man. And yeah. I mean, and there was a, my and what I always go back to is I was in it was my high school. It was a, it was a semifinals at state. I was a senior, so it was no going back. It had and I was wrestling a guy who pinned me in freestyle in the summer, and he had mm -hmm. one move. But I'd be damned, he always caught me in that damn move. And mm -hmm. he had one move, and I remember he uh, I think he picked up a penalty on me. And I was like, God damn it, here we go. And I looked at Coach, and Coach just stood up in his chair and goes, get him! And they blew the whistle, and I and he whatever he, he always said, no head on the outside. That's where his dude always caught me, my head on the outside. Yeah. But the way Coach said it, I was so fired up, I had, a, I had a double leg with the head on the outside, and I stuck it. And I go, yeah. And I, to this day, I hear Coach Jefferson in my mind go, come on, Brandon. I hear him in my mind. So with you... What's the difference between Jefferson and Smith, other than the, the obvious? What's the difference in their coaching styles? Uh, Coach Smith gives you everything you need and, and shows you, he visually shows you, maps out something for you, visually shows something for you, and, and then, like, puts you to work towards that, and, and nothing can get in the way. With coach or my high school coaches Jefferson, they understood more of of taking care of yourself and and being smart and knowing that wrestling ain't everything, but you have to have some kind of purpose. Like you have to have some kind of morals or some kind of wants. You know, like what is your like, why? Basically, what is your why? Yeah. So basically, if I had to differentiate them uh i'd say the difference between them is uh 
the amount of care showed, you know, like Coach Smith is more like he trains you, you you're you're a robot, you know. Yeah. Whereas my high school coach is more we're wrestling, you know, you're my coach, but they also care about home, what's going on at home or you know. Yeah, man. Uh, other than that, they were both pretty great coaches. I feel like Coach Jefferson could be a Division One coach, a very successful one at that. I always felt his mental game. I mean, because I, I just remember growing, I just remember going, at least during my time, I always felt he wasn't so much technique as he was just a great mental coach. If you listen, yeah. to, if you listen to him, and I and yeah. I was one of those people. I just listened to him. You know, I was. Yeah. I can't say running with the wrong people, but. I just knew I, I knew to step away from them and listen to coach and and when you said that little that bit of extra and that's what did it for me because going into I think sophomore to junior year after junior year I got beat in the semis the consolation semis and I wanted to go to state and it hurt me so bad and that's when coach said you got to do some extra and I and that's when I start wrestling in the summer and to this day my parents don't know about this but to this day because I met coach I was kind of I was kind of chubby in eighth grade I was kind of fat in eighth grade and I still mm-hmm. wrestled I was kind of chubby and I and coach came to talk to us when I was at AR is that your wife in the background is that your wife my wife hey Hi. wife how you doing how are you. I'm- Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing. It's, it's a family affair. You can come on in. It's okay. It's okay. We ain't, we ain't talking about nothing. You ain't, you ain't supposed to be hearing. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have to talk to your wife? I don't want to. I don't want to break up. Family. You to, okay. I won't get you in trouble, man. I want you to sleep on the couch because of me. <laughs> We're good. We're good. <laughs> good to see you, baby. Good to see you. But yeah, but it was like I just remember. I remember like I was so depressed and coach was talking about you got to do something extra and and no one knew this except for now. Even my parents said they don't know this, but because of coach and doing some extra, I never ate school lunch after eighth grade because I was fat. Mm-hmm. So I would, what I would do, I'd save that dollar and I would run on my lunch hour. I would run and stay in shape, but I never ate a lunch after eighth grade. I never had a high school lunch after eighth grade. Wow. Yeah, man. And that's the dedication I did. And I would, and I ran like two, I would run two or three miles during my lunch hour and just, and I did it every day because I, I go, man, I, I got to go to state. And then in, in, in the summertime, we go in there. And you remember Dan, his, uh, yep. Dan and Shay? Yeah, I remember mm-hmm. them when, they were, when they were kids. And, and I remember yeah. going to that hot ass wrestling room, man. And I remember, and this is a true story, I remember Dan, Dan was so small. I forget what, what, how old he was. I remember him. He literally took a shit on the front on the front lawn in front of in front of the gym, and coach was like, "God damn it, Danny!" And then he just pulled oh, his man. he pulled his pants down and took a shit right oh, right where you walk into the, the basketball arena. He just pulled his pants down. I go, no, that was nasty. <laughs> and we oh, go in there wow. and wrestle. Yeah, so I remember that. But yeah, but that's what coach did for me, man. That's what coach did yeah, for me. Sure. So now you carry that. Now you carry that mentality in the MMA. So do you? I, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this, but how do you envision your MMA career going? I see myself being a world champ within five years. Nice. And, and, and what, what weight class? What weight class? Well, to weight, 170. 170. Okay. And, what, and what's your record now? What's your record now? I'm 1-0 right now. I'm okay. getting another fight in December or February. So whichever one comes first. And what's your what's your what's your weakness? What's your strength? Your strength? Uh, I think my strengths are game plans. Okay. Coming up with game plans and executing the game plan 
that we come up with. That's a good strength of mine. And if I had to say I had a weakness, uh, it would just be, um, I don't know, I'm pretty good everywhere. <laughs> oh, okay, what, what style would give you trouble? What style would give you trouble? Like when you go, okay, this guy might be, because you know, strengths, I mean, uh, styles make fights. I know it's sweetie, styles make yes. fights. So what style will kind of give you like trouble? Or you go, okay. Somebody with some very bad jujitsu, a bad man, a bad man with some dirty jujitsu. Uh, that's what gets you, huh? Jiu-jitsu. Yeah, that can get me. But I feel like strikers are, I'm their kryptonite. Wrestlers, I'm their kryptonite. And jujitsu people or fighters, they're depending on how they use their game plan mm -hmm. and I execute mine, they're my biggest threat. So, so have you thought about wrestling, like uh, doing like uh, doing a Naga tournaments or whatever, so you can get better that way? Uh, no, I haven't, but uh, one of my buddies does, he comes and trains with me in California every mm -hmm. now and then. Uh, his name is Brian Crutchman. But, uh, oh yeah, he's wrestling OSU from, from Union. Yeah. He's, he's wrestling Union. Yeah, he, he'll come and train like a month or two at a time in California with us every now and then, and he'll enter a tournament. And uh, I'll see, I'll go, I'll, I'll help him train and prep for it and stuff, and we'll do it at AKA with their jujitsu people. So I'm training with those dudes, but I just don't enter those tournaments. Uh, I just feel like I'm the dominance I have when I'm with those top guys that are winning those tournaments and the dominance I have over them and the understanding I have of what they can do, uh, I'll just slip right on by, you know? Okay, good for you, man. I'm, uh -oh. I mean that, man. You, you know I'm pulling for you, bro. I'm always gonna be pulling for you. So you're training AK in San Jose? San Jose, that's where you're training? Yes, sir. Have you trained so, with, have you trained with, uh, with uh, um, you know I'm talking about? The champ who just retired. Um, um, uh, Daniel Cormier or Habib Nurmagomedov? Habib, yeah, have you, have you trained with Habib? Absolutely, what I've trained with and they got some pretty they're first off it's crazy what they have like the grappling that they have is crazy it's, and i get i got to feel that so i know where i'm at and i can compete with them but they can't wrestle with us so really even habib yeah. can, can habib wrestle with you I mean, he can wrestle with me, but he wouldn't be able to beat me in a match. It wouldn't. I mean, I beat him 10 times out of 10 in a wrestling match. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I that, that's my man. That's a Muskogee rougher talking, Wyatt. That's a Muskogee rougher talking. That's but uh, whenever you mix jujitsu up, though, yeah. you, you have credit where it's due. Yeah. And, that stuff is crazy. So I, that's that's my weakness. So I'll, I'll be learning that. How about how about striking wise? Do you think he can strike better than you, Habib? No, 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 no. I think my striking will be better than his eventually. But mm -hmm. like where he started striking and where I started, I'm pretty sure I'm better than he he was for sure. But, Listen to my man talking. Yeah. Listen to my man talking. Yeah. I, <laughs> From a striking background too, so yeah. yeah, my brother was a Golden Gloves champ growing up. Uh, my daddy had a, a baby with another woman, and uh, 
I met him when I was in, I don't know, I was older when we met, but we started meet, uh, kicking in and stuff when he was in high school and he was a, a world champ boxer and went to the Golden Gloves champ, championship tournament and won it. So I grew up boxing with him and stuff. So I can box a little bit, learning how to kick. So my striking is pretty, pretty on point wrestling. And now just jujitsu. Now, now, what do you think if you ran, uh, went against somebody who had a good uh, Muay Thai or had a good, uh, a good uh, kickbox game, would that give you troubles? No. My first fight was against a kickboxer, and uh, I think he landed one, one shot. Yeah. The whole fight. Yeah. He like tried to. So uh, I'm gonna show you. <laughs> love it. I love it. So uh, we squaring up to like fight yeah. and I jump in with a lead hook here. Uh -huh. So I jump in to go. And as I jump in, he like goes like this. And as he does that, like I go from here to wrap the leg yeah. and kicks me here. And then I just body lock him and slam him. And then I just beat him. <laughs> so it lasted about, uh, I want to say a minute and 30 seconds. It's a minute 47, a minute 47. Okay, so somewhere in there. Yeah. And after that, uh, I, it just gave me a better feel. But I fight with kickboxers and stuff every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 9 o'clock in the morning every, uh, every day when I'm in San Jose training. So I'm used to that. Nice. Man, you sound like you're yeah. you like you ready to go right now, man. You sound like you're ready to go right now. I am for sure, AKA they're preparing me pretty well. Like they're, they're, they're building me up nicely for sure. Man, dude, so. I, I wish you nothing but the best. This is, this is gonna drop at the perfect time. This is dropping during Thanksgiving week when, when everybody knows for wrestlers, it's like the gift and the curse. You're with your family, yeah. but you can't really eat. And you go, mom, I can't eat that. Boy, you better eat that shit. You go, mom, mm -hmm. I can't. Boy, mom, I gotta make weight. Boy, you yep. better eat that shit. So you know what it's like, you know mm -hmm. what it's like, dude. I can't begin to tell you, man, how much I was so looking forward to this. When I found out you were from Muskogee, man, that just lit a, a fire in me. And I yeah. said, I, I got to get this dude on. We come from the same place. We went to the same schools. But you obviously <laughs> did a lot better than I did. <laughs> we both, I, hey, whatever floats your boat. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. but I do need to say one thing. Uh, so you know how we took the same route pretty much. Muskogee yeah. uh, High School, Northeastern Oklahoma. And then I went to Oklahoma State, you went OU? Yes, sir. I, I have a brother or a best friend I was telling you about. We talked about him earlier, DeWaylon Barnes. Okay. He's from Muskogee as well. He okay. took the exact route you took, everything. Really? He, he went to OU. So yeah. we went to Muskogee High together. We started wrestling together. We graduated together, went to NEL together. We said we was going to go to Oklahoma State together, but Oklahoma State didn't offer him a full ride. Oh, uh -huh. did. And OU offered us both full rides, but I said, we said we was going to go to Oklahoma State. And he was like, I understand. And I told him I understood. So he took his full ride at OU. But he did everything you did. And he didn't all end up All-American D1, but he was a national champ, JUCO. And his first year we wrestled, he broke his rib and had to get pulled out of the tournament because it was pushing into his lungs. But 
he's he's got a great story too from Muskogee and went to OU as well. So I might hit him. I just up too. About, you know. Yeah, thank you, bro. I might hit him up too, man. Make it make it a, a rougher right. affair. You know what I mean? You know, yes, sir. Ice fighters gotta stick together, baby. Ice fighters gotta stick together. Ice. You hey, me. Oh, look at that. <laughs> yes, you keep it real, brother. You keep mm -hmm. it real. Man, yes, I sir. wish you nothing but the best. In five years, man, I'm gonna keep I'm I'm I hopefully I'll be on this earth, knock on wood, next five years. You never know. I live my life. I'm crazy, but you never know. <laughs> if I'm here in the next five years, I guarantee you, and I'm gonna tell my producer this why you heard him. In five years from now, it's 2021 now. 2026, is it? Yeah, that's yeah. five years, right? I'm, I was bad at math. In 2026, <laughs> in 2026, this dude will be a champion in the UFC. He'll be a world champion. I guarantee that, Wyatt. We'll go together to one of his uh, matches. Yeah, we'll, hell yeah, he's going to get his tickets. We're going to go together. We're going to get crazy, man. We're going to get crazy. Yeah, we're going to get crazy. We're going to hang out with MMA fighters, probably some hot chicks. He can't because he's married. But we're going to hang out and have a good time, man. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna go be some country boys on some country land you yeah, know? and you're gonna stay out and you're gonna stay off them damn skateboards what you gonna do <laughs> absolutely jacoby smith thank you so much for your time man nothing but the best thank you guys for watching tales from a gemini i pre i hope it wasn't too inside but you know hey he's from a hometown he's a homeboy and literally a homeboy so i had to show that yes, love sir. thank you guys for watching i appreciate you like i say about this time you know the word pay much love.